welcome to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. I'm one of your hosts, as usual, Jeff. Joining me from the remote studio is my usual co-host, Mark A. Johnson. Mark, welcome this week. Hey, Jeff. It's great to uh, to be back and in, uh, in the saddle. And uh, I know we're recording this sooner, but uh, we're debuting on on a fun baseball kind of day. Yeah, this is all-star, it's not really week, but it, it is all-star week in, in Major League Baseball. And this is going to be an all-star show. I mean, you and I are not really, you know, all-stars, but we've got a lot of all-star information <laughs> to talk about, some oddities, some cool all-star stuff, and just Lars Nukbar and some other assorted things that we have to take care of as well. So let's get right into it and let's jump right into our BP segment where we are recording this on Sunday the 11th. So everybody wrapped up their first part of the season, even though we're a little bit further than halfway earlier today. And some some weird things took place. And just Twitter is on fire today. Of course, Yankee Twitter is up in flames. (laughs) (laughs) Yankee fans not known to overreact at all. Of course, they just blew it today. With, uh, with, with losing to the Astros, a walk-off home run by Tuve, who, of course, had to have his shirt ripped off uh, to kind of mock Aaron Judge, who mocked him the day before. There's a lot of mocking going on. Um, uh, this, this is an interesting fact, though. So far this season, Major League Baseball teams are 493-2 when leading by four or more runs heading into the ninth inning. Those two losses wow. have both been by the Yankees. Crazy. So, I wow. mean, certainly no love lost here between you and I when, when the Yankees lose, but I would frankly rather the Astros lose than the Yankees because uh, I'm a fan of the uh, of the A's and we're in the AL West and the Astros are in first place unfortunately and they cheat. There's two two reasons why. Uh, speaking of the A's, Uh, It was a couple of shows ago I mentioned that the A's, it was in our trivia question actually a couple of shows ago, that the A's were the team that had gone the longest without being no hit. And that was on July 14th, 1991. So if you're listening to this on our debut day, tomorrow will be the 30th anniversary since the A's had been last no hit. And I'm going to go ahead and knock on wood right there just (laughs) to make sure that that doesn't get into their minds. That is a pretty impressive number, though. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm wondering what the longest streak without being no hit is. Maybe we'll have to dig into that because I don't think there can be too many more that are longer than 30. I would think I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have let's let's look into it. We'll, we'll circle back. We'll have to bring back the circle backs up. We back. Uh, you saw something today in the game you worked, the uh, the Mariners-Angels game. Catching prospect Cal Raleigh for the Mariners made his major yeah. league debut. Yeah, he's a, he is an intense-looking, big catcher and a switch hitter. So something that, that I think is pretty cool. Well, I, I noticed that Mariners social media, Cal is already falling into kind of the Chuck Norris-type meme uh, they're, they're kind of treating him like that. A lot of memes about him already. But this is a fact right here about Cal. Cal Raleigh is the first Mariners player whose last name is a U.S. state capital since Mike Montgomery in 2016. 
not just every baseball podcast is going to give you this kind of information, but there it is. It's impressive, Jeff. That's that's outstanding. <laughs> I always wonder that myself. Something I'll throw in a little bit about Cal Rowley is he did have a 23-game hitting streak this season, so there's something special about him. We'll see what happens. Well, hopefully he he fares better than uh, Jared Kelnick. I mean, that I obviously, I mean, he's a young guy. He's going to be fine, but he really struggled. Yeah, well, for his last 39 was a little rough. <laughs> it's a, that is that is a bit rough, but I'm sure he'll be he'll be fine. Uh, let's get into our and first of all, I want to I want to say uh, I'm disappointed, but I am I'm working on a, a, a Lars Newtbar song of my own. A little disappointed nobody hit us up with a Lars Newtbar theme song for this segment of our show. Hmm. But uh, Lars Newtbar did get into a game last week. Uh, he he pinch hit. He went 0 for 1 and struck out, and is now slashing 154, 207, 231, kind of uh, falling into that. Probably might not be sticking up <laughs> the big well, leagues. It depends on how you look at it. I'm I'm seeing it as like a secret weapon thing. They don't want to get everything out front right away, and and everyone to, to know uh, Lars Newtbar is going to be this this amazing baseball. Uh, piece of history. Uh, they're saving. They're, they're holding it back a little bit. They're sandbagging. They're saving him for the second half. Now, is Lars Newtbar? Is that not just a Star Wars name in the first place, though? That's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we'll keep our eye on him, and regardless of where he goes, even if he does go back down to the minors for a while, we will keep on following him and keeping you updated. But Lars, we hope you don't, buddy. Yeah, we hope you don't. All right. Uh, we got to head into a place that I don't like to head into, but it's not that bad. Okay, we're going to Kangaroo Court. Uh, Usual listener, Marshall, has sent us a message saying that last week when we were talking about Claude Osteen, I said that uh, Claude had accumulated double-digit losses for 16 consecutive seasons. It was, in fact, only 14. Now, the problem here is I did not count, and I was just exaggerating for effect. And did not think it was it was quite that high, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, Marshall looked up the stats and did the homework. So we're going to give him credit for that. Uh, I am though. Uh, well, I'll go ahead and accept the uh, the charge. Uh, what he wants to find me one hundred ninety five dollars. I don't know that it's gone pretty high all of a sudden. I will accept that fee, but. As the uh, presiding judge in this court, I am also going to charge you $195 because I was exaggerating for effect. So <laughs> it's going to be a wash. But uh, nonetheless, I'm, I'm glad that people go and look up these these names and, and stats. And it's funny because I am reading I'm reading my second Keith Hernandez book right now. It's entitled I'm Keith Hernandez, which is, of course, a nod to Seinfeld, which is great. And uh, I was just getting past a part uh, where our buddy Claude Osteen uh, was actually uh, brought up by Keith Hernandez. When Keith was a rookie with the Cardinals in 1974, he was part of a game, Cardinals at the Mets, that went 25 innings. And what is incredible about this is Claude Osteen came in in relief in the 14th inning of this game already. Claude Osteen pitched nine and a third inning, a shutout ball, four hits, walked two, struck out five. So, wow. Wow, is right. 
You come in in the 14th inning and you give the team more than a complete game. That's pretty darn impressive. The Cardinals went on to win that game. Osteen didn't get the decision, though. Sonny Siebert came in and poached it with two and a third innings of relief. I tell you what, talk about stepping up for the moment, though. Wow. Yeah, that game went seven hours and four minutes. Ugh, no, no, thank you. Yeah, it started at seven o'clock, too. So that's two o'clock is when that thing is ending, which I have I have worked games that have ended at two o'clock, unfortunately. Yeah, me too. All right, let's jump into our debut segment. This show is debuting on July 13th. A lot of notable birthdays today. So it's, it's kind of a debut because it's when you're debuting on the planet. But imagine this lineup of players that were only born on this date. So first of all, you've got reigning rookie of the year, Kyle Lewis. You've got Cody Bellinger. You've got DJ LeMayhew. And you've got Sin Chu Chu. Wow. And then to top it all off, uh, also born on this day, Jiggs Donahue and Footsie Blair. Jiggs and Footsie. <laughs> Very nice. Boy, I would, I long, I long for days when people were named Jigs and Footsie. Oh, man, I wish. <laughs> wish I had a friend named Jigs. Yeah. Actually, um, I, I just wish I had a friend. Yeah, yeah, sure. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mentioned these birthdays because it's, it's it really, really light in terms of players who made their debuts today. The best I've got was uh, the American Dream. Dusty Rhodes made his debut in 1952 for the Giants today. But of course, it's not the it's not the real American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. So that no, this is does not uh, really Dusty care. Rhodes is uh, is actually a member of the Tacoma Franchises Hall of Fame. Why? He because he was just a very popular player back. Him and uh, oh, he was so popular. We're, we're, we're talking about the the player, not the the wrestler. As oh, the I player. Was. <laughs> I thought we were doing baseball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, Dusty Rhodes was a, a a big time a guy that created a lot of memories for a lot of people in Tacoma, and his uh, number is retired. Oh, that's cool. I didn't, yeah. didn't know that. I'm glad. I, I like when things cross over like that. That's good. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's head into our trivia question. So the trivia question I asked last week was, uh, of course, everybody knows that Babe Ruth wore number three for the New York Yankees. Who actually wore that number after Babe Ruth and before it was retired? Now, uh, did you did you come up with anybody here? I did not come up with uh, the number three, although I did also look up, and it is not retired, the number threeve. Threeve. So, oh, no. Yes. No. Combination of three and five. Yeah, 12 teen is not retired yet either for the Yankees, but it will be soon, very soon. Yeah, I'm, I imagine so. As soon as it becomes a number, the Yankees essentially retire. That's that's the way. Right. It, I think they only do whole numbers, though, no fractions. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pretty so, positive. Uh, uh, Eddie Goodell won't uh, won't uh, be having, <laughs> though he right. did that stunt for, the, I think it was the Browns, wasn't it? That the it was Yankees, number one eighth. Yeah, the Yankees will not retire that. No. So we did get, I, and I'm going to just head this off right now. We did get one correct answer, and I cannot find who sent it to me, so I apologize. This was a tough one. I mean, you can go and just look up there. Baseball Preference has a page where you can look up who wore what number for what teams. So I appreciate just not everybody going and looking at it. And uh, this was a tough one. I had not heard of this gentleman. 
He ended up playing nine years in the big leagues, all of it for the Yankees, and was a two-time All-Star. And on five World Series teams, George Selkirk wore the number three for the Yankees after Babe Ruth. Wow, really? Yeah. He also, his rookie season in 1934, wore the number one. But uh, George Selkirk, five World Series rings, nicknamed Twinkle Toes. So I think we already love him. Uh, He was an outfielder, played the uh, played the corner outfield spots, ended up with a career average of 290 and a career OPS plus of 127. So, I mean, a really good player. But uh, yeah, I I had not heard of him. He wore he wore Babe Ruth's number after Ruth left before they retired it and uh, had a really, really good career. Outstanding. All right, so let's get into our trivia question for this week. So this is something that happened uh, a week or so ago, but I I wanted to bring it up in a trivia question, in the form of a trivia question, excuse me. Trey Turner became the fourth player to hit for the cycle three times in their career. Yes, yeah, I saw that. That's pretty impressive. So uh, three other players have done this. Can you name the last player before Trey Turner who hit for the cycle three times in their career? Me? Yeah. Uh, I thought you were asking them. Well, I'm asking everyone involved. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I'll I, give you this clue. He did it for three different teams. Really? Yeah. Okay. So. Well, I'm going to have to ponder this one, man, because nothing's popping into my head. Yeah. Now, Trey Turner, of course, is blazing fast triples are not really uh, i think the home runs might be more uh unique for trey turner than triples Uh, for this gentleman the home runs were definitely a lot easier than the triples (laughs) but put your thinking caps on and see what you can come up with the last player before trey turner to have three career cycles all right so we'll give you the answer next week Mark, let's jump right into it is All-Star Week, as we've been mentioning. I have got some All-Star trivia that is going to blow your socks off. Well, I'm, I'm wearing socks. Well, so this we're going to test this out. Prepare to have them be blown <laughs> off because I've got some All-Star trivia and just some All-Star notes here. I wanted to see I, I could not get 99 percent of these uh, if somebody asked me. So just putting it out there. But let's see. Uh, how, how you and how our listeners can do on some of these questions. So let's just state some facts here. First of all, being played this week, the 92nd Major League All-Star Game. The National League has won seven in a row, but overall the American League leads the uh, all-time series 45-43. to 43. There have been two ties, 1961 due to rain, and then of course the infamous 2002 due to two things, Bud Selig and also running out of pitchers. 1933 was the first, the very first All-Star game. It was held in Chicago's Comiskey Park. The American League won 4-2, and they were powered by Babe Ruth, number three, who hit the very first home run in All-Star game history. We've spoken about uh, the time period of 1959 through 1962, where there were actually two games held each season and back-to-back days, obviously before the Players Union 
uh, obviously before the players union was formed. I say that, but in actuality, uh, the, the second game was always held to raise money. Sometimes it was for player pensions. Other times it was to benefit the war, you know, war bonds or, or something like that. So it was usually for charity, that second game. We've discussed this as well. Henry Aaron holds the all-time record for most all-star appearances with 25. So here's your first question, Mark. What do Lamar Hoyt, Bo Jackson, J.D. Drew, Melky Cabrera, Eric Hosmer, and Shane Bieber all have in common? I believe they were all Major League Baseball players, Jeff. Well, I, I, I'll, I'm going to give you credit for that, I guess. Uh, but that is not what we were looking for. <laughs> oh, you were looking for something more specific. A little bit more in depth, yeah. Uh, so oh. any further guesses? On this all-star no, quiz? Nothing for me. Uh, I don't feel like an all-star yet. I was expecting you to say they were all all-stars. Well, that would have been <laughs> that would have been correct. But they all won the all-star MVP award in the one and only all-star game that they appeared in. Interesting. So Hosmer and Bieber still have a chance to you know, get out of this, out of that group. But otherwise, only one game, but they won the all-star MVP. All right, I got another one for you here. What do Mickey Mantle, Joe Morgan, and Dave Winfield all have in common besides having been Major League Baseball players and having been All-Stars? I'm going to let you tell me, man. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> I'm taking the wind right out of your sails there. Well, they, they were all tied. They are all tied for the longest All-Star game hitting streak with seven. Wow. So for seven consecutive All-Star games that they appeared, they got a hit. I'm not, I don't know if that'll be broken. That's a, that's a tough one because players just don't stay in the game very long anymore. <laughs> Remember, right. I mean, even in like the 80s and, and into the 90s, there was the three-inning rule where pitchers for sure, the starting pitcher had to stay in for three innings, but I think the starters did too. But now yeah, I, think, I think you're right. Half the team is already on a plane while the game's still being played uh, at this point. But uh, Willie Mays has the most career all-star hits with 23 and 75 at-bats. Uh, I got another question here, continuing with the hits in an all-star game line of questions here. What do Joe Ducky Medwick, Ted Williams, and Carl Yastrzemski have in common? Besides the usual. Right. Let me see. I... I... They were all triple crown winners? Yeah, you're, you're 100% correct on this. Uh, Joe Ducky Medwick, a.k.a. Muscles. <laughs> if he would have been like Jean-Claude Van Damme and been from Brussels, then that would have been awesome. But no, uh, yeah, you're right. 1937, Joe Medwick won the triple crown. And not surprisingly, the uh, season MVP. I, it's easier to tell you what he did not lead the league in this year. Sure. Yeah, no, he was something. Plate appearances, triples, stolen base, caught stealing, walks, strikeouts, and on-base percentage. Also grounded into double plays, hit by pitch, and sacrifice flies. But beyond that, he led the league in every other offensive category. 237 base, uh, 237 hits, 31 long balls, 154 ribbies, 
154 ribs, 374 average, 641 slugging, 1056 OPS for an OPS plus of 182. uh, That is pretty darn impressive. But like I said, this is an all-star game uh, trivia episode. Uh, right, I've deviated. Yeah, you've deviated from the septum a little bit. The uh, the answer is actually they share the record for most hits in a single All-Star game. They Each of those three collected four hits in a single All-Star game, which is a lot of hits. That's more at-bats, again, than most people will, will get in a single game now. Uh, let's move on to the Home Run Derby, something that happened yesterday, if you're listening to this, uh, on Tuesday. <laughs> Boy, was that a great uh, home run derby or what, Jeff? <laughs> you believe that one thing that happened? Oh man, it was great! And congratulations to Pete Alonso the on their on their uh, championship. We'll, we'll yeah, great we'll, job. We'll fix that you. in post. We'll, we'll yeah. add that in post. We've take we've uh, talked about this before. First took place in 1985 in the Metrodome in Minnesota. Dave Parker won with a total of six home runs. In second place was Tom Brunanski, Carlton Fisk, Dale Murphy, Eddie Murray, and Jim Rice with four each. Those are some names of some boppers. It, Man. I would love to see Carlton Fisk in home run contests because people are generally jovial and having fun during these things. That's two things that actually Carlton Fisk and Eddie Murray generally never seem to be having on the, the diamond. So that would that'd be interesting. I wouldn't say dour, but very uh, straight-laced. Yeah. Uh, The rules were very different than they are today. It was a two-inning contest. Each batter had uh, five outs per inning. If it wasn't a home run, it was an out. In 1990, the game was at Wrigley Field. There were a total of five home runs hit total in the entire event. I'm guessing the wind was blowing in that night. Uh, the hometown guy, the hometown guy, Rhino, won by hitting three of the five total home runs. <laughs> Exciting stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay, question for you. Who was the first home run derby batter to total double figures in a contest? Hmm. Well, it, I have to jump past the ones that you mentioned where there were only five Rhino? home runs. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I would guess around things started getting pretty crazy around 99, 2000 with the home runs. Luis Gonzalez. Uh, no, it was oh. uh, it was actually the next year, believe it or not. So 1990, they hit five total. The next year, 91, Cal Ripken Jr. at Skydome hit 12 to win the title. Oh. Paul O'Neill came in second with five. He had hit all of his for that kid on Seinfeld. Oh, that's right. He already wasted those. All right, next next question. Who was the first player to hit more than 20 home runs in the Derby? I'm I'm not even going to make an attempt. This was the this was the yeah, this was the first All-Star game I attended. I I worked. Uh, Sammy Sosa in Atlanta 2000 hit 26 to beat Ken Griffey Jr. who had 11. I remember that. Sosa. That's a lot of home runs. Yeah, it well at the time it certainly was. Let's keep going up the ladder. Who was the first player to total more than 30 home runs? I think I might know this one just because his uh, performance was quite a bit more than anyone else's. Was it um, a Bra- Bobby Abreu? You, you are absolutely correct. Bobby Abreu in 2005 at Comerica Park, which was still huge at that point, 
with 41, beating Ivan Rodriguez, who had 20. So he more than doubled second place. I saw Bobby Abreu when I was in Salt Lake, uh, still covering the bees or the buzz at that point. They hosted the AAA All-Star game, and Bobby Abreu was there and won the, the minor league contest there. Isn't that figure? Yeah, <laughs> I always liked Bobby. Okay, next one. Who are the only two players to win the home run derby on back-to-back years? Wow, um, I don't even have a guess. All right. Well, one you'll you'll you've heard of this guy, Ken Griffey Jr. won it oh, in sure. '98 and '99. I think he won two other times. He holds the record for most most wins. And then Ioana Cespedes in 2013 and 2014. I, I wouldn't have come up with that. I think 2013 he was on the A's, and then in 14 he was with the Mets. I don't. Okay. I'm not. I'm not sure. So you don't nick me in, in kangaroo court if that's not true. But I'm pretty sure that that's the case. All right. Here's uh, our last home run question: Who holds the mark for most career home runs in the home run derby? So who, no matter how many they've been in, has hit the most total? Wow. So somebody who has has stepped up more than one time uh let's go with actually i'm gonna go with griffey see that's a great answer because i just told you that i'm i'm pretty he sure that he's won 35 four, of them <laughs> that he's won that he's won four well no not even close oh okay jock peterson holds the record he has 99 career home runs in two derbies in 2015 and 2019 neither of which he won what? <laughs> so, you know, with the new format, you know, you go in rounds and he has these monster rounds. Uh, but then when he gets to the finals or, or if he loses before that, he obviously doesn't win. But yeah, he has 99 home runs in those two derbies as he's participated in, but does not have a title. Wow. That's a lot of home runs to uh, end up getting nowhere. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's fun, though. That's that's all we care about. Sure, as long as you had fun. All right, moving back to the actual All-Star game, uh, who has the record for most home runs in the actual All-Star game? Henry Aaron. Well, that is a very good guess. It's actually Stan Musial. Six home oh, okay. runs in 24 games. So he has those 24 games. He's one of a couple of players that are in second place behind Henry Aaron with those 25 games. Gotcha. Uh, Next, who was the last player to hit two home runs in an all-star game? King Kelly. King, I don't think King Kelly. <laughs> I don't think they were uh, doing the all-star game when King Kelly Uh-oh. was. Well, then I don't have a guess. <laughs> Very close. Gary Carter, the kid in 1981 in that awesome Expos uniform. All right. Oh, yes. Those were the days. I didn't. I was not watching baseball then, but I wanted to decide Gary Carter as an answer to something. I'm going to go ahead. And I'm going to ask it. Uh, all right, here's uh, got a couple more questions here. Who was the last player to hit a home run in their very first All-Star Game plate appearance? Well, I'm going to go with Jared Kelnick, and that's next year. <laughs> uh, it's actually Hank Blaylock in 2003. Okay. I think he was with, I'm fairly certain he was with the Rangers. I think that's who he came up with. Only the 12th time that this ever was accomplished. It also happened as a pinch hitter. So he can't, it was a pinch hit home run, and it was only the 16th pinch hit home run in the All-Star game history. So not only did he tie a record by hitting it in his very first plate appearance, he also tied a record by doing it as a pinch hitter. Double duty. 
most makes... hits a pitcher has given up in a single all-star game. I remember this game very okay, clearly. Okay, I think I remember it too. Was it Tom Glavin? <laughs> you are absolutely <laughs> correct. Yeah, I, let's just say uh, during those days, I was known to occasionally visit Las Vegas, and <laughs> I got completely destroyed in that <laughs> performance. Tom Glavin gave up nine hits in yes. 1992, seven of which were consecutive. Now, you know, I worked a lot of games right behind home plate with Tom Glavin pitching, and we all knew that that first inning was going to take forever because Glavin could just, yep. he struggled in the first inning. After he got through that, he was the uh, the Hall of Famer that he is. But he always struggled yep. in that first inning, and uh, yep. such was the case there. All right, a couple of other uh, just notes I wanted to mention about the All-Star game. Most consecutive uh, strikeouts in a game. It's been done twice. Uh, one was Fernando Valenzuela, which we talked about during our Fernando Mania show a couple of months back, where yep. uh, he struck out Don Mattingly, Cal Ripken, Jesse Barfield, Lou Whitaker, and the uh, the cherry on top of the uh, whipped cream, Teddy Hagera. <laughs> but still, nonetheless, very impressive. Let's talk about the second guy who accomplished this feat quite a while before uh, Fernando did. Carl Hubble of the New York Giants in 1934. He struck out, get this, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Jimmy Fox, Al Simmons, and Joe Cronin in a row. Five um, Hall of Famers in a row. That's just, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, so now something we've never really covered Carl Hubble on this on this podcast. Something that both he and Fernando have in common is uh, Hubble's primary pitch was the the screwball, which well, of course yeah. was something that Fernando threw. Right. I great nicknames, the meal ticket and King Carl for Carl Hubble. Known <laughs> as the meal ticket. The meal ticket. At least he was everybody else's meal ticket. A two-time MVP, a nine-time All-Star. Won uh, one World Series in 1933 with the New York Giants. Won the ERA title three times. Uh, of course, a Hall of Famer. Uh, lifetime record of 253 and 154. A 130 ERA plus over his career. Let's see, he started 433 games, completed 260 of them and threw 36 shutouts, and had 33 saves. He led the league in saves one year, while going 21-12, and 12, while winning the ERA title with a 2.30 ERA. So those were literal saves. It was like, oh my gosh, we're going to lose. Get Carl in here. <laughs> that is incredible. I mean, he had a save in all but four of his 16 years. He had at least one save every year. Someone had to stop the bleeding. And uh, he had a shutout in all but four of every one of his 16 years. And he completed at least three games every year of his career. That's just incredible. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, we might have to talk about him a little more because that's impressive. You know what? Uh, something I was just thinking of. We've never pulled a Carl Hubble card in flashback uh, <laughs> heroes. No, but we are opening the packs this week that have uh, some, some relics in it. So you never know. You never know. 
All right, then. <laughs> All right. So let's wrap this up. I just got uh, two other questions here for you, and then we'll get into Wax Packs Heroes. Who was the last team to host the All-Star Game and the World Series in the same season? Well, you see, it should have been the Mariners because we won 116 games that year. We had the uh, All-Star Game, but it wasn't. So how about Miami? I, I don't the, the the fact that your voice went up as you ended that word kind of threw me there. But no, the answer is Cleveland in 1997. OK. All right. So that is it for our all star spectacular portion of the show. Hopefully I, I'm not super interested in the all star game. I'm I was mildly interested in the in the home run derby just because Matt Olson was in it and uh, Joey Gallo, who has single-handedly just destroyed the A's this year with like 42 home runs already this year against just the A's. Let us, uh, Mark, let's head into our uh, final segment of the show. It is the segment that we have and will continue to call Wax Packs Heroes. Wax Pack Hero! You know, that's still my favorite song in the whole world. Oh, is it your ringtone? Uh, no, I don't want to be that joyful all the time. Oh. My, no one ever calls me, so it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> we need friends, man. Uh, <laughs> all right, today, Mark, we're going to do uh, some packs from 1997. So 97 Donruss, these are the ones that uh, do have the um, random insert cards that are, I believe, relics or at least older cards that are in here. So we might get something different. Uh, This is the all-star episode of our show. So we're going to do things a little bit differently here. We're going to tweak the rules a little bit. First of all, we're going to go ahead and we're going to, we're going to jettison the mustache rule. We're just going to, we're going to, we're going to try it without it. We're going to live free. Even though I have got a mustache right now, growing it just for this show, I've got a full on mustache, but we're going to, we're going to get rid of that. And uh, we are going to keep everything else, though. Uh, The rules are as follows. We're going to look at the baseball reference war for this year of the card, 1997. Uh, You are going to get extra points of war if you are wearing a sweatband that has your caricature, your jersey number, or a corporate logo that is not a sporting goods manufacturer on it. You're going to get a tenth of a point of war. If you are wearing glasses, or we're gonna extend this to even eye black. Anything around your eye, a monocle, night vision, goggles, anything like that, you're gonna get an extra 10th of a point of war. If you are wearing stirrups, real stirrups that we can see sanitaries underneath, you're gonna get an extra 10th of a point of war. But if you are wearing the dreaded two-in-ones, you are gonna get a minus 10th of a point of war. We are going to give you a full point of war if you have since been inducted into the Hall of Fame. And we are gonna keep going with what we did last week, Mark, where If you won any awards like the Rookie of the Year, the MVP, the Cy Young, or if you were an all-star, you're going to get an extra tenth of a point of war. I think because this is our all-star spectacular, if you made the all-star team in 97, we're going to give you a whole point. What do you say? Let's go crazy. That's fair. I mean, we could end up uh, setting off some kind of nuclear disaster, but let's try it anyway. Yeah, let's try it. Let's see what happens. And we're going to revert back to another new rule that we tried. Uh, We're still in exhibition season here. We're each going to pick a team. And uh, if uh, I get a card from my team, I get an extra half a point of war. If uh, you get a player from that team, you minus half a point of war. 
Uh, and we cannot pick the team that we picked last time. So you cannot pick the Mariners, and I cannot pick the A's. So, okay. Who would you? Who, who are you going to go for this week? Cincinnati Reds. Oh, that was what I was going to go for because I've been watching their games. Darn you! That's All right. funny. All right. Well, uh, I am going to. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to love thy enemy, and I'm going to choose the Houston Astros. Nice. Nice. <laughs> All right. So you got the Reds. I got the Astros. I got two packs here, Mark. Would you like to use the? Uh, would you like to open the one on my left or my right? Let's go left this week. All right. I'm going to have you go first as usual. I'm going to have to cut these open because again, these packs are really kind of strange. And uh, let's see what we come up with. All right. So here we go. High gloss. Get ready. Oh yeah. There you go. That's good stuff. All right. Uh, you are starting off with a pitcher with the. Uh, Chicago Cubs, it is Jaime Navarro. Probably Jamie, but I'm going to call him Jaime. I remember Jamie Navarro, Jaime Navarro, whoever, whichever you'd like to go with. Cubs, right? Uh, he's with the Cubs here. He also came up with the Brewers, played for okay. the White Sox, the Cubs, and Cleveland for one year. Uh, 1997. He went 9-14. and He led the league with uh, in hits given up, earned runs allowed, and wild pitches. Hmm. Some, some goals to have right there. <laughs> ERA plus of 76, and uh, all of that equates to a war of uh, minus 1.3. Uh, he's got a mustache, but we're not playing that part uh, this week. Nope. So you're just gonna you're just gonna end up with a minus 1.3 right out the gate. Uh, I d- I want to say yeah, I think we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Jaime and his father Julio were the first father son tandem to each record a save in the major leagues. Oh well, yeah, we did do something about that, didn't we? They have since been uh, followed by uh, Pedro Borbone Jr. and his father Sr., Steve and Jason Greeley, and Jeff and James Russell. I think it was the Russells came up when we mentioned that, that he was uh, he was one of the few family members that had that thing. All right, next you've got Mr. Marlin, Jeff Conine. Conine the Barbarian. We've had him a couple of times. In this segment, 1997 with the Marlins, he played a lot. Uh, let's see, hit 17 home runs, 61 RBI, at 98 OPS plus. He was not an all-star or anything of that ilk this year. 1.3 war, and there is nothing on this card that is going to get you anything, but that 1.3 wipes out the negative 1.3 from uh, Jamie Navarro, so you're uh, back up to zero. Right on, back up to zero. <laughs> Next, you've got a picture for the Chicago White Sox. It's Jeff, don't call me Danny Darwin. Jeff Darwin, yes, very different than Danny Darwin. Is, is he Is he his brother? I don't. He is brother know. of Danny Darwin. I don't know. Look okay. at that. Oh, do I get an extra point for calling that? I think, I think Absolutely. I think we've had him before. Uh, let's see, came up with the Mariners in 94. 97 was his final year in the big leagues. He only spent three years in the big leagues. Went zero and one. And uh, had an ERA plus of 85. That equates to a war of 0.00. I cannot see any stirrups. It's just all black socks. Nothing there is going to get you anything extra. Well, that was fun. All right. Next, you have got a uh, middle infielder for the Colorado Rockies. It is Nephi Perez. Middle infielder. Um, You know, I don't remember a whole lot about him, but that's because of my lack of following the National League back then. So I apologize to you National Leaguers out there. I followed the Rockies when they first came into the league because they were, you know, beyond the A's, being in Salt Lake City, they were the closest major league team. We got them on 
on uh, TV and I did, I ran the studio for an affiliate there in Salt Lake. So I remember Neffy quite a bit. Let's see, in 1997, it was his, really his first extended time in the big leagues. Pretty good numbers. I mean, he played in Colorado for part of the, uh, you know, half of his games. 291 batting average and 86 OPS plus, And that equates to a war of 1.0. He's just got the whole socks going up. Nothing going on there. So that will just get you a plus one. And that'll bring you up to one even. You're really rolling today. Man, I guess. All right, moving on. you got a Hall of Famer. This is a special. It's a Diamond Kings card. Nice. Now, I have not seen a Diamond Kings from this year before. Definitely a lot different from the early 90s. Uh, it is a really uh, realistic-looking drawing, but it is uh, none other than Larry Wayne Jones. Yes, it's Chipper Jones. Let's see, in 1997, really his third full year in the in the big leagues, he was an all-star, so you're going to get a whole extra point of war regardless here. I think you're going to score pretty well here. He ended up with uh, 21 home runs, 111 RBI, 20 stolen bases, and a 295 average for a 119 OPS+. Plus. And that equals a war of 3.9. He is in the Hall of Fame, and he was an all-star that year. So that's two full points. That'll give you a 5.9 for... um, Pepper Jones, ladies and gentlemen. Larry Wayne, the fan of Hooters. All right, so that'll bring you up to 6.9. That is the restaurant chain. Just make that clear. (laughs) All right, here's a guy that we are both very familiar with. It is Constantino Martinez. Or just Tino. Sure, if you're not buddies with or him. Or Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, yes, there you go. Uh, Constantino came up, of course, with the Mariners and then uh, spent the bulk of his career in New York, also finished up in St. Louis and one season in Tampa Bay, which I do not remember. Hmm. 97, all-star year for Tino. Very nice. Led the league in sacrifice flies as well. Ended up with an OPS plus of 143 and a war of 5.1. He's got real stirrups on as well. So that's 5.2 plus a whole point for the all-star. That is a 6.2 for you. Wow. Now you're putting it in gear here. Way to go, Tino. All right, next you've got uh, an outfielder for the Expos is Rondell White. I remember Rondell White, center fielder, good speed. Let's see, Rondell White uh, was uh, primarily a left fielder, but he did play some center field. At the beginning of his career, he definitely had some speed. Double figures and stolen bases for five consecutive years. And then five, zero, one, 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 zero, one, 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 zero. <laughs> so I'm guessing he probably had, well, he played on that turf in Montreal for, you know, the first seven years of his career. So I'm guessing right. that took its toll. Uh, he was a one-time All-Star. It was not in 1997. He did end up with a 106 OPS plus that year and a 4.8 war. Um, there is nothing else on this card that's going to get you anything, but 4.8 is not bad. That'll bring you up to a total of 17.9. Moving along. Next, we've got uh, a outfielder, or uh, where did he play? I mean, we might have ended up at first base at this point. Uh, looks like a right fielder for the Milwaukee Brewers, Matt Mieske. Wow, I, I remember I remember him, but I don't I couldn't tell you a thing about him. I think that's, that is exactly what you said last time we pulled him. <laughs> Except for one thing I do remember is that we pulled him before. Yeah, and he spent a year in Seattle, at least 24 games of it, and hit 366 for a 161 oh. OPS plus with Seattle. But that was in 1999. In 1997, he was still with Milwaukee, had uh, five home runs, 21 RBI, 
and a OPS plus of 79. And that equates to a war of minus 0.6. And Thanks. there's nothing on this card. He's got a mustache, but we're not we're not playing that game. Uh, okay, next you have got one of uh, one of our guys that we like to talk about on this show every now and then. Here he is still with the Twins. It is Chuck Knobloch. Chucky Knob, the blockhead himself. Knobby or Skippy? <laughs> Skippy. Skippy. Wow. I, I do know also, I, I think I mentioned this before, Knobloch is on Cameo at a very reasonable price if you want him to create a message just for you. Uh, good nice. news for you, though, Mark. 97, his final year in Minnesota, was an all-star year still for Mr. Knobloch. Yeah, I was going to say that's around his wheelhouse. Yeah, so uh, ended up with a 110 OPS plus that year. Not bad. And oh. uh, ended up with a 6.8. Whoa. That is, uh, that is very impressive. And he's got flip downs, so you'll get an extra point there. That's 6.9 plus the all-star is a 7.9. Wow. What about a gold glove? Do I get anything for the gold glove? No, we're just doing uh, we're just doing uh, all star rookie. Just looking pretty MVP, okay. and uh, yeah. Just looking at this, uh, ninety seven was the year that uh, Chuck Knobloch stole the most bases in a single season, sixty two. He was really good before. He, yeah, no, he was a fantastic. Before he player. forgot how to throw to second or throw to first base, that became an issue. Yes, that's always something. But you he want, was, no, he was a really good hitter, good defensive player. He was fast. Speed, yeah. Yep. All right. Next, you got a rated rookie card. Here he is with the Angels catcher, Todd Green. Todd Green. Todd Green. Um, yeah. How about that guy? I, you know, I remember him. He was only in Texas for two years. I don't know. But uh, that's I remember him in Texas. He was in New York for one year. Seemed to, yeah, 2001, because that was the World Series. Uh, came up with California at that point and kind of kicked around the league, but 11 years in the big leagues. 97, he hit 290, not bad for a young catcher. Uh, only 34 games. It's a 124 OPS plus and a war of 0.8. Nothing I can see here is going to get you anything else on this card, though. Well, he did a lot better than Mad Miski. <laughs> All right. Uh, you're getting down to the uh, last couple cards in your pack here. Uh, next, right. we've got uh, Red Sox, John Valentin. Not Valentine, Valentin. Right, there's no E on this guy. Nope. Right, not Bobby Valentine, not John Valentine, but John Valentin. John Valentin. Uh, Red Sox, yeah, I remember that. He played for maybe a decade. 11 years. Uh, all of it, except for that final year with the Red Sox. Okay. Where, of course, then he went to the Yankees to try and collect his ring, but he did not. Did not get it. Uh, let's see. 1997, he led the league in doubles. Uh, had, really? Wow, had a good year. 18 home runs, 77 RBI, 306 average for a 124 OPS plus. And that equates to a 4.7 war. Uh, I wow. cannot see. He's just got the all red socks on. They're, they're hurting they're themselves. They're hurting nobody but themselves with these socks. So that's going to be a 4.7 for you which is not bad. That brings you up to 30.7. That's above our average pack. And you still have what, three cards. Mr. Valentin, I apologize for not remembering that you were a really good ball player. Yeah, he was uh, He was always uh, good with the bat. I think you did. Yeah. <laughs> Valentin turned the 10th unassisted triple play in Major League history against the Mariners in 1994. Uh, Valentin is the only Major League player to have ever in his career pulled off an unassisted triple play, hit for the cycle, and hit three home runs in a game. Oh, nice. So he was a big game kind of guy. Yeah. 
All right, next you have got a uh, second generation ball player, and he, I know he played for the Mariners at one point. Here he is with the Expos, David Segui. Yes. Um, Segui, first baseman, left handed yep. hitter, a little bit of power. Yep, 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 check, ding. Uh, David Segui, <laughs> uh, 15 years. That's a good career. I would not wow. have guessed yeah. he was in the league that long. Uh, most of it with Baltimore, eight years in Baltimore, three in Montreal, and then two at, at the Mets, Seattle, and then a couple elsewhere for a single season. In 1997 was his final year in Montreal. A good year. You're getting some good years here. Uh, 21 home runs, 68 RBI, 307, 380, 505 slash for a 131 OPS plus. And that equals a 2.1 war. Nothing else on the card is going to get you anything. Not bad. That'll bring you up to 32.8. Of course, uh, I mentioned he's a second generation. Diego Segui was his father. Yes, Diego Segui, who was a, an important player in Mariners history. Was he? He was on the initial Mariners team, wasn't he? Was he? The, he sure was. He threw the first pitch, and he was on the Pilots as well. Let's not forget that. Oh, was he? Wow. Yes. He just stayed there. <laughs> he just he just hung out until we got another team. <laughs> All right, this guy we've had before. I always say not a Hall of Famer, though a lot of people think he should be. It's the Crime Dog, Fred McGriff. Fred McGriff, tons of power, and one of the coolest nicknames ever. Here he is in Atlanta uh, in 1997. McGriff was, it was his final year in Atlanta. I'm going to guess he had good numbers and he did 22 home runs, 97 RBI, a 277 average and a 106 OPS plus. He was not an all-star this year and his war was only 0.2. Wow. Wow. Sounded like it was going to be better. Yeah. I thought, I think he was just an average first baseman and defensively though, if I remember. Not a lot of speed either. No, no, definitely, yeah, definitely not a lot of speed. At first, uh, Crime Dog, when he was traded to Atlanta, was referred to as the Fire Dog. Because if you'll remember the very first day he was on uh, in Atlanta, the uh, press box at Fulton County Stadium caught fire during... Uh, t- during the uh, during batting practice, and the blade and the Braves who were slumping at that point caught fire and ended up winning the division. Interesting. Thusly, he was known as the Fire Dog for part of his career. And of course, we've talked about Tom Amansky. That's right. All right, so you're at 33 even, and your final card is another expo. You should have chosen the expos. It is Yamil Benitez. Yeah, that doesn't sound familiar to me. Uh, I, if I remember him, I'm not remembering remembering him. Uh, Yamil Benitez spent four years in the big leagues, two in Montreal, one in Kansas City, one in Arizona. In 97, he appeared in 53 games for the Kansas City Royals, had an OPS plus of 92, and a war of 0.4, which is uh, not too bad. Nothing else on this card, though, is going to get you anything. But that brings your total up to 33.4, which, as we established last week, is an above-average score. Nice. Well, I, I uh, usually don't do so well in the left-handed packages, but uh, today I just felt like it was going to be uh, a good one on the left. But that doesn't mean that the one on the right isn't somehow better. All right, let's get right into it here. Let's uh, scissor open these things. Just a reminder, my team is the Astros and uh, Marks is the Reds this week. If I pull a red, I minus half a point. If uh, I pull an Astro, I get a half a point. Did not come into play in the first pack. Nope. All right, no, here I we go. picked uh, complete stagnation. Oh, that was my back, not the cards, actually, this time. No, no I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, we're going to start off with a Philly. I remember this guy. Boy, this is a name I have legitimately not heard maybe since 1997. 
<laughs> Ricky Otero. Oh, man. I remember Ricky uh, Otero, but, man, I couldn't tell you a thing about him. He was an outfielder. That's all I remember. Let's see. A, a batted lefty. Uh, was a uh, lefty left fielder, center fielder, only played for three years. 97 was his final year, so might have been the last time I did hear about him. Uh, ended up with a 74 OPS plus and a war of minus 0.2, and nothing is going to help me on this card. Good start, man. Thanks a lot. He's, you know the reason why is because he doesn't have the E in Ricky. It's just R-I-C-K-Y. And he you should have the magic speed you should never trust people that don't put an E in their name if they're named Ricky. All right. Next, we've got uh, one of the bad boys, but here he is with the Baltimore Orioles. It's Randy Myers. As an Oriole. I do not. Uh, I, I think I remember him on the Orioles, but maybe just seeing him in this Orioles uniform in this card is why. I don't think I would uh, name him as an Oriole at any point in his career otherwise. Uh, yeah, he was, to me, either a Met or a Red. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna enjoy this. Uh, he was an All Star in '97. Oh, led the league in saves one of three times he did so. Had a oh. 1.51 ERA and get this, an ERA plus of 293. Are you kidding me? That means oh that he, he was 193 percent better. <laughs> at 193 percent better ERA than the average that year. He came in fourth in the Cy Young voting. Wow. All right. Let's see. I'm expecting big things. Uh, that equates to a 3.1 war, but as an all-star, that'll bring it up to 4.1, and that's all I'm going to get. Not bad. No, I'll take it. For uh, after, after he retired, I, didn't, I would have not guessed this. He was an assistant coach for the women's basketball team at Clark County Community College in Vancouver. Okay, yeah. You could have <laughs> given me a few guesses. I wouldn't have come up with that. <laughs> Uh, well, it, it looks like, and he also, uh, Clark was not going to be able to field a baseball team after the 92 season, but in large part, uh, Myers did some fundraising and uh, the program was saved. Nice. So good for him. Yeah. All right, let's uh, move on. My next card is, uh, I remember him with the Giants. Obviously, I think most people are going to remember him at shortstop for the Cubs, Schwan Dunstan. Schwan. I always love Schwan Dunstan. Yeah, we always, uh, we've had him quite a few times. Always love to talk about Schwan. 97, he split between the Cubs and the Pirates. Uh, had a pretty good year with the stick. Hit 300, uh, 14 home runs, 57 RBI, 96 OPS plus. In 97, his war equated to a .9. He does have some flip down sunglasses here. So I'll get... Uh, and extra that, that'll bring me up to a one point even and bring my total to 4.9. Nothing for the mustache, Jeff. Nope, no mustache. He always had a good mustache. He did. All right, so I've got a press proof card, which I don't know what it means. It's got two, uh, it's not perfectly square. It's got indentations around it. And it hmm. is uh, none other than John Wetland with the New York Yankees. Oh, John Wetland. Yeah, you're going to get a lot of saves there. Yeah, I now... Now, wasn't he the closer for the Yankees before Mariano Rivera took over? I think he was, yes. Yeah, so let's see. In 96, he was an all-star and led the league in saves. 97 was his first year in Texas. He was It's the one out of a four-year run uh, that he was not an all-star. But uh, 31 saves, a 1.94 ERA, and a 7-2 record as a closer. A ERA plus of 249. Wow. 
And uh, that equates to a war of 2.8. And uh, unfortunately, though, he's got two and one stirrups on him. So that is not cool. That'll just net me 2.7 and bring me up to 7.6. Next. Oh, boy. Here's this will be fun to talk about. 1997 center fielder for the Baltimore Orioles. It's Brady Anderson. I'm not sure. Uh, I tell you what. I'm not. Have we ever pulled a Brady Anderson card? I don't think so because we, there's a lot to say about Brady. <laughs> I know. I'm excited. I pride myself on always having had great sideburns, but Brady, dude, you always had me. Yeah. So '97, uh, one of three All Star years for Brady Anderson. Uh, one year removed from his miraculous 50 home run mark. <laughs> <laughs> That, that sticks out like a sore uh, thumb. It really does. Uh, previous high was 21. He hit 18 in 1997. Hit 288 in a 128 OPS plus and led the league uh, in hit by pitches with 19. This was in the middle of three out of four years he led the league being hit by pitches. But uh, didn't I believe Brady Anderson, I remember he used to rollerblade to the ballpark. He lived in, in downtown Baltimore, and he would rollerblade to Camden Yards. That's right, yes. I remember reading something about that. Yeah, so 3.7 war. He was an all-star, so that's 4.7. And uh, that's all I'm going to get out of that. You know, Brady Anderson has done a lot of uh, charity work in Japan, which he was, uh, he uh, joined Cal Ripken on a trip to Japan to do charity work and enjoyed it and did a lot of work there, including a lot of uh, help after the 2011 earthquake and tsunami. So good for That's you. That's great. Good for you, Brady. All right. Oh boy, this is fun. I'm going to do, I'm going to do an episode on this because I listened to a very long form podcast on Hideo Nomo and uh, just the incredible things that he had to go through in order to play in the United States. But here he is with the Dodgers, Hideo Nomo. It was a pretty big sensation when he showed up on the scene. And he was a huge name in Japan as well. And he came over, pitched for 12 years, finished with a 123-109 mark. 97, he went 14-12 and 12 with a 4.25 ERA and a 91 ERA plus, struck out 233 batters, uh, was not an all-star this year, and ended up with a war of 1.8. He's got... I, I cannot tell if those are real or two and ones. I I can see white sanitaries and I can see the stripe, but I cannot tell what that is. I'm just going to give myself zero for for the uh, stirrups. Neither way, we have to. There's got to be a way we can figure out to give away points based on nicknames because he was known as you know the tornado. Yep, because of that. Because of that wind up. Easy wind up. Yep. My it looked like it hurt. It would hurt my back just watching him do that. <laughs> Me too. He would, I don't know how you turn all the way around in half, but he figured out how. <laughs> and of course, one of the most impressive things he did was he threw a no hitter in Coors Field. Yes, yes. Not easy to do. So uh, in Japan, he played in Japan for five years before coming over to the U.S. for the Kintetsu Buffalo. Pretty sure they were the Buffalo. Yeah, the Buffaloes, excuse me. And uh, went 18 and 8, 17 and 11, 18 and 8, 17 and 12, 8 and 7. Very consistent but uh, struck out a lot of batters. Do you get any points for him being inducted into the Japanese Baseball Hall of Fame? If you want to give them to me, I'll take them, but I don't think we will. Um, I'm going to think about it. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Next, we've got one of those cards of a guy who has got a son playing right now, uh, who's a highly nice. regarded player. Here he is with the Dodgers' Raul Mondesi. Oh, sure. 
Adalberto? Is that how you say it? Adalberto Mondesi. Yes, got it. Tough name for me to say. Uh, Raul Mondesi played for 13 years in the big league, seven of which were with the Dodgers. In 1997, he was not an all-star. Garnered some MVP votes with 30 home runs, 87 RBI, 32 stolen bases, 310 average, and a 140 OPS+. plus. That equates to a war of 5.7. Wow. Yeah, his defense was unbelievable. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He was one of those guys that could get to anything and then could throw you out. Yeah, he only won two gold gloves, though, but I think you're right. He had a good, a good, uh, good arm. Yeah, he could track a lot of stuff down. Nicknamed the Buffalo Tatanka. They should have Tatanka, nice. They should have called him Tatanka. (laughs) Hey, we're going a little old school uh, dance, (laughs) dances with wolves there. Let's see. So that'll bring me up to 19.8, which I'll, I'll take that. Uh, Mondesi was sentenced to eight years in prison on corruption charges based on his time in office as mayor of San Cristobal, Dominican Republic. I tell you what, I did not know that. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, I didn't expect that. And in fact, if you threw that out at me, hey, who was this? I wouldn't have said, you know, what? that sounds to me like Raul Mondesi. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, well, there you go. Also, just a note on Adalberto, who used to be known as Raul Mondesi Jr., if you remember, he made his major league debut in 2015 for the Royals in the World Series. One of those few oh, guys wow. that uh, yeah. that makes his po- makes his debut in the postseason, but then the World Series. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Next, uh, we're still waiting for either a, a, a red or, <laughs> or an Astro here. Next, I have got outfielder. You're going to be happy about this. Here he is with the Padres, Steve Finley. Uh, one of my all-time favorites. Yes. Another guy with it that was just had an amazing glove. Let's see, Steve Finley in 97, I like it, all-star for the Padres. Ended up with 28 home runs, 92 RBI, a 110 OPS plus. Uh, let's see, 15 stolen bases as well. And all of that only equates to a 1.5 uh, war. But he was an all-star, wasn't he? He was an all-star, so that's 2.5, and he's got some sunglasses. So nice. that'll be a 2.6. Uh, I've got a familiar card here. It's a rated rookie. It's a catcher for the uh, California Angels. It's Todd Green. I can I see. Believe we've discussed him recently. I, I believe so. I can see the next card is not one that you had, so we're not going to go on one of those runs. Uh, Todd Agreed. Green was a point eight for this year, so that will bring me up to twenty three point two. So I'm about ten points back with about uh, four or five cards left to go here. So I need to get in gear. This might help. It is uh, here another angel. It's Garrett Anderson. Sure. Yeah. Solid. Good ball player. Yeah. He was, uh, he was definitely a good ball player and for quite a while. And I think most of it was uh, all, almost all of it was with the angels. He spent 15 years with the angels and then uh, final two years of his career, he spent one in Atlanta and one with the Dodgers in uh, 97. A pretty good year uh, for him. Did, didn't never had a lot. Well, actually, you know what? He did have good power. He just hadn't developed it at this point, but he did have 92 RBI. 303 average, a 92 OPS plus, and that will equate to a 3.3 war. And uh, nothing else I'm going to get out of that, but I'll take the 3.3. That'll bring me up to 26.5. Oh, well, this is an all-star uh, an all-star show. It should be mentioned, uh, Garrett was the MVP of the 2003 All-Star Game. Uh, there you go. All right, next, this is one of my favorite last names. And one of Harry Carey's least favorite last names. Here he is with Montreal, Mark Grudzelanek. Ah, uh, yes, Grudzelanek. Yes. 
who Let's does see. not have the most confusing last name in baseball history. I think, I think Zipchinski. Yeah, Zipchinski's a tough one. Spell that. I mean, that's it's that R in it, you know? How's it start with an R? Zipper. Uh, let's yeah. see, 1997. Uh, 96 was Grud only all-star year, but we're doing 97. Still led the league in at-bats and doubles. Uh, ended up with an OPS plus of 81, and that equates to a war of 1.5. Nothing else on this card is going to get me anything, which is not helping me here. I'm, I'm struggling with just two cards left, and I'm at 28, mm-hmm. and you're at 33.4. Actually, I've got three cards left there. Some of them are sticking together. All right. Next, we've got a Mariner. It is no other than one of the Cora brothers, Joey Cora. Oh, Joey. uh, Very beloved here in the Seattle area. I think he is. uh, I think he is a coach with the White Sox right now. I'm not sure. I want want to say that's right. I think you're right. Uh, Let's see. 97. Well, this is good. 97 was his only all-star year. Never is going to hit a whole lot. Although he hit 11 home runs, his only double digit. Wow. His high in any other season. He hit six in three other seasons, but he had 11 this year. He (laughs) hit 300 and his OPS plus was 110. Wow. He was juicing this year. A 2.6 war. Plus he was an all-star. Plus he's got two sweatbands with his jersey number on it. And sunglasses. So hold up. So that's a 2.6 plus the All-Stars 3.6 and an extra three-tenths of a point will bring me to 3.9. Joey Cora is you know my what you need. favorite Mariner of all time. Well, you, you need a Griffey here because he was MVP in 97. So <laughs> what you need, man. Well, that'll bring me up to 31.9. You're at 33.4. I've got two cards left. All right. We talked about this guy last show because he just got... His annual uh, payment of a couple is it a couple million? I don't I don't even remember back way back into the uh, the last episode how much he uh, gets paid on Bobby Bonilla Day. One point one nine. There we go. I got it. Uh, here he is with the Orioles, Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla, uh, just a, a star player, flashy, had some power, was quick, just a fun player to watch. Good card player in the clubhouse, from what I hear. <laughs> I've heard that too. <laughs> 1997, he was well beyond his all-star years. Actually spent 97 in Florida. Uh, you know, not bad number. 17 home runs, 96 RBI, 297 average, and a 125 OPS+. plus. That equates to a war of 2.0. Nothing on this card is going to help me out anything more than that. But with that 2.0, that brings me up to 33.9. I have taken the lead with one card left. Oh, we need someone really bad here. Or somebody from the Reds. And I'm going to tell you, he's not on the Reds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> here he is with the Chicago White Sox. It's Ray Durham. I don't think I'm going to get my points here. here. Yeah. No. Let's see. Ray Durham in uh, 1997 was one year shy of his first All-Star game. Uh, 271 average and 91 OPS plus. He had 33 stolen bases. He had 273 in his career. Not bad. A good second baseman, and that equates to a war of 0.9. Uh, nothing else on this card is going to get me anything. But that 0.9 will take me up to 34.8, and I have come away with an exhibition yeah. win. Can I can I ask for a, a instant replay review? Because <laughs> that's a close one, man. <laughs> well, you can, but uh, what our listeners don't know is I accidentally uh, deleted my score midway through my pack, so we had to go back and rescore it. So I'm fairly yes. confident with the score. <laughs> That that additional uh, dialogue, by the way, can be yours for only yes. ninety nine cents. Patreon account, you can hear 
we're just gonna st- we're gonna start a Patreon account. We're just gonna throw our unedited episodes on there, and you can listen to it. People won't like me anymore. Wait, they don't now. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> All right. So again, this was an exhibition. I'm not sure. I am. Uh, I, I I like that anything on the on the on the near the eyes counts. We didn't have a whole lot of other stuff. Uh, you know, the All Star was a nice little touch this yeah. week. A little frustrated we didn't get either of our teams because I, I like that. That's a that's a way to get some extra points and minus. Yeah, I'd points. like to see that come into play at some point. Yeah. So, all right. I think we need to we need to have a uh, podcast meeting this week and come up with some rules so we can start the next season. All right. Let's but, get all the producers and everything in there. Writers. Yeah, it'll, it's going to take a lot yeah. to get everybody in one place. All right. That's, right. that's going to wrap up uh, another episode of Wax Packs Heroes, yeah. as well as another episode of Two Strike Noise. If you're interested in hearing from us during the week, you can do so on social media. We are at Two Strike Noise on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can also find uh, some videos that we make on YouTube and sometimes on Twitch. And uh, Mark, they can also get a hold of us via email. Sure, send us an email at uh, Two Strike Noise. Spell it out, T-W-O. Strike Noise at gmail.com. All right. Well, uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in. We hope to see you again next week. We hope everybody's enjoyed their all-star episode and their all-star week. We will see you again on another edition of Two Strike Noise. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great day. <laughs>